How's it going, folks? We're here in podcast land, here at the Calibri Studios, bringing you some of the best in inane chatter ever. So, I wanted to actually talk about Poverty Row Movie Studios today. Should say I'm on with you before you do that. Yes. (laughs) Hi, it's me. And I also have Rob Schwartz, our esteemed, well, see, he let me take over the show today, so I just said, no, fuck, you know, screw you, that's, you, you, I'm sorry. You, no, I you're apologize. learning. You're learning. I, you're I learning. Yes. You, the only thing you didn't say, you never did the part about don't make eye contact. Don't oh, talk before oh, I yeah. speak. Uh, like, uh, I know how I treat all you guys. Uh, what the heck is pop? You know. You don't know that term? It sounds familiar. Okay. So back in the mostly the 30s and 40s, um, when the studios, I don't really know how. It was just a budget thing mainly. A lot of people splintered off from the big studios. And there became what was known as Poverty Row Studios, like Producers Releasing Corporation and um, um, what's that? The real cheapy one there. Not Monarch. I don't know, the Charlie Chan movies. Oh, you know the ones like when you get those big boxes of the 50 yeah, movies? Yeah, It's those yeah. little eagle ones like the Republic. Right, eagle, yeah. Did you say Republic is? No, the Republic's no. not Poverty Road. Which had the job? Now, who had all Mascot. Like, the, I'm thinking Mascot. Yeah, who had the Three, Musca- the three Musketeers serials from John Wayne? Was that Republic? Remember them? It was like him and these. They were like singing cowboys. Oh, in the, 30s. the the yeah, Tom Tyler and I, I love the Ghost yeah, that's Mine Republic. one. The ghost, now the Ghost yeah. Mine one was great. Yeah. Some of those might have been. And so anyway, there were these little Poverty Row so-called studios, low-budget, small studios, which would be like a Roger Corman sort of thing now, you know? So I just think it's very interesting because I watch those things. Usually the sound isn't very good, but the stories are always pretty good. And what I noticed a lot in them, there's hardly any music. Practice so, rights, and right? they were probably either for the rights or they were just couldn't hire people. They didn't have the money to do music. So it's actually more like listening to a radio play or watching a play. And, and there's lots of dialogue. And it's story, story, story. So, you know, I, I find those kind of interesting. And I, 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 I always buy them. Like um, Mill Creek does a lot of those. Yeah, Mill Creek. That's the one that you get yeah. all the you get and, all discs from. And, um, you know, like the other day I was telling you, I, I, I found this cereal in my collection. Rin Tin Tin, okay? So these are four or five different cereals in a box set all about this damn dog. And... And he's like the hero. I mean, he's the focus of the story. Was he? Is he German Shepherd? If yeah. I remember, I, I used yeah. to watch all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was a TV show for a while, but you know, this was interesting because it's very melodramatic, and it's like, oh well, yeah, of course. This girl, her father has a gold mine, and these guys are after the the letter or something that says where the mine is, and then there's all this fighting, and then the other thing that's really funny about these movies too. <laughs> Is that the fights? We're so used to sophisticated fights and and you know stunt work. These it looks like they're wrestling. They they, they put their arms around each other and they just kind of swing you ever wildly see when they at throw nothing. Somebody and you look real close as a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that Shazam. I was watching this Captain yeah. Marvel again, yeah, yeah. and these guys attack him. He throws as a dummy. <laughs> I love the Captain Marvel. That's a great one of the best. 
Did you know how they did the flying scenes in there? No. What what they Republic was really cool when it came to this stuff. They took they put a dummy, put the costume on it, ran a wire across whatever they wanted to film, so across the pan, you know, scape of the camera. And they just shot this thing down like a zip line. They shot this thing down the line, and that's what you see flying. And then he pops out like he jumps on a and board, like lands, springboard yeah. or something. Well, what's different, like from the Kirk Allen Superman, where they do like a cartoon, the animated, almost, like, yeah, the animated. I, you know, I actually start to like that. I love it though because look, you go like now. I think one of the problems we have is you can do anything, right? But you forget the story. Where well, isn't it neat? Like if you're going. Okay, it's like if you were a kid and you wanted, like, there was one thing they showed, like, on this one show where a kid made a movie. He did a laser beam and they asked him, How do you do it? I scratched my finger across the film. Right. And you have to think of how to do it. Right. And I think there's something neat about that, like, it all, like, having to design stuff. And- yeah, well, there was a, I watched a thing the other day about horror movies and uh, special effects. And, you know, everybody just raved about Ray Harryhausen. And, you know, all these guys, Ray Bradbury, all these people, you know, if it wasn't for Ray Harryhausen, these guys wouldn't be... Even uh, the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, he said he saw King Kong and that was it. He was in it. Could you imagine, though, like, okay, in the time it takes to do one show... What would they get? Maybe five minutes of footage? Because he would say he would be doing it, somebody would call him... And he'd have, because you're doing for stop motion. You had to remember where that thing was, yeah. And one of the most awesome things, you you know what I'm going to say, that skeleton fighting Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, they mentioned that too. They go, even if nobody knows about the movie or knows what the movie is about, everybody knows that scene. Because it's a huge... And the other one was, like, he did, you can find him now, he did, like, he wanted to do War of the Worlds. You could see clips from it. Oh, yeah? The Martians look like more like octopi. Oh wow! But he also did some Mother Goose, and they got like the tortoise and the hare. This one. is Harryhausen. Yeah, you could find them. There's I'll like have to look for short. They're just short clips. Oh, how cool is that? I didn't know that. No, he came. I saw him. I was very lucky. He came to the talk at the Dryden. I watched Destination Moon the other day. That Which was actually, a cool movie. I'm actually okay. See how we always contact ourselves like, telepathically on the show. It seems because I'm reading a bio of Robert Highland. What am I writing right now? Oh, he's great. All the problems they were having with Destination Moon getting it on screen. Really? And, and actually, they tried. They had a deal. They were doing two pictures. One was the Great Rupert. Which is like a Jimmy Durante Christmas film, and I only know that because huh. I got a Christmas film box set at Ollie's, <laughs> and they did two, and that bombed. Wow! But it was just, but they kept rewriting. Then they were having fights about who's going to get the screenwriting credit. And they'll say it's story by Robert Heinlein. Somebody else has a screenwriting right, credit, right. and then they want to go on. Actually, the guy who was co-writing the, the screenplay. He was going to go on to do Forbidden Planet. Ah, Miss George Pal, obviously. Yeah. I never quite understood the, the Shakespeare Tempest analogy, though. It's because of Ariel. That was the daughter was Ariel. And the part I don't get was, like, he was Prospero. Yeah. Daughter was Ariel. He was very protective of her. So I think that probably... I haven't read in a long time, because at the end, there's, like, a resolution for yeah. it. I mean, that movie's got Star Trek all over it. Oh, like yeah. Like, you Plus, can see, like, I love the whole the psychological... I love the creature, yeah. too. Plus the robot, the best scenes, like the one yeah. guy... Oh, you could duplicate booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And Leslie Nielsen. What's his name? Earl Heinemann or Earl? Yeah, plus, Earl I thought somebody. the effects were great. Yeah, they, it was a great movie. And Leslie Nielsen, man, was buff and he looked all good. You know, he was. it was so totally serious. Not, nothing like what you're used to seeing him as. The one I like is actually Robin Cruz, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Oh, I never saw that. Is that what Adam was? Get it at, yeah. Yeah. You boy, if you can find it out, or the library. I know one library I, might I, have it. I think it's on TV. It was it's one of those TV. things. If you want to buy it, you get a shelf for yeah. it. It's like one of those. Yeah, it's actually good. I'm trying to get a moratorium on buying DVDs. I, you I know just what? Got you know what? Most of them, what I do, I get cheapies, but I get a lot of stuff out of the library. That way, I know I'm going to watch them and take them back. Well, you man, know what? I just got out. I never seen this. I'm dying to see this. I one. got to get there. All through the night with Bogart. Now it's a it's a spoof. I have it somewhere. It is a spoof on his <coughs> character. Where I guess there's something about Nazis loving cheesecake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a romp, I have and that. It's a romp about it. Yeah, I have that. He's like a gang leader in Brooklyn or something. Yeah, this, or like he's got a gang. He's or... got like three. I like Jackie Gleason and two yeah. other comedians. Red Skelton. I watched that movie. It's great. It just looks like one of those movies you could just laugh your head if off. If I can find it, I burned a copy. If I can find it, oh, I'll... say that on here. <laughs> We're I, just joking. We're I, just joking. Well, I didn't actually burn it. I recorded it on a re- DVD recorder. Is that the same thing? There's a knock on the studio door. <laughs> Hi, IRS. Here's a question I want to ask you, though. Here's a question <laughs> I want to ask you. What do you think? Now, Carl Malden argued this point about the studio system, and I've read this in books. There's this one film uh, historian who said, people knock the studio system, but if you look at films, you had people running these studios who really cared about movies. Right. Now, when you give art, and I believe in artistic freedom, I'm like, you know, nobody wants to tell you what to drum, nobody tells you what the song to write, what we do on here. But they said, like, look at the movies then, and they really care. And then look now, some of the choices the actors make, some of the crap coming out. And they were organized. So was it a bad thing? Yeah. And they had a system, and that's just it. I mean... They had the stars under contract, and they they gave them this part, and they'd lend them out if they had to or whatever. But there was control, and and one one argument I've been like having with people or point of view is okay. Back in the day, the movie studios owned a lot of the theaters, so they would You're distribute right. the movies. Don't realize that people would they would distribute the movies to their theaters and get them out there, well, which makes sense to me. You know, okay, we made them, now we got to show them. And so the government came in and said, Monopoly, you can't do that, and they broke it all up. And that's where a lot of this Poverty Row stuff started to creep in. So, so my, my observation on that is, now follow me on this. <laughs> oh, Paramount Plus has CBS shows. Uh Crossword there's, puzzle there's, actually clue yesterday. There's the Turner <laughs> Classic, you know, streaming thing. There's um Tubi. Tubi. But Hulu. Hulu. And but my point is, what are these modern studios now doing with streaming? They're doing the same thing. They're controlling the distribution. And giving you the conduit to watch. And we the also stuff. don't want to get in. Now it's you know, okay. We don't get into serious stuff. But if you consider, okay, they broke up a monopoly. What the heck is Disney? They own like half the world. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're doing the same thing. They just kind of crept back in the back door but, and figured out how to do and it. And I could dissect this because I've read a lot about Ed Wood, but I always watch the Tim Burton Ed Wood movie. Yeah. But so they condense basically, you know, the time frame. 
But the part about, okay, when he does Glenn or Glenda, right, and he's talking to the studio, and they say, well, this crap, you know, we'll be lucky if this place, what they would do is they would sell it out to the, so I can't imagine, like, in those days where you would actually find, like, somebody had one of his movies playing. Right. I've never seen an Ed Wood movie, you know, until now, so. No, he's like one of those guys, I think. <laughs> Plan like, 9 was on Tubi. But honestly, <laughs> if if Lugosi, didn't, and a lot of people will go one way or another, according to what I've read, David Scowl's a great author for Yeah, horror. he's good, I like I him. I love, the stuff is like, the stuff, this book about Karloff and. He's on a lot of those special features. He's really thorough. But he said, like, the thing, okay, people ask, like, like Lugosi when he's in there, Edward didn't use him. And he just enjoyed doing the work. Right. Like, he would have fans would just come over and knock on his door. He would let them in. He just liked the yeah, attention. Yeah, he was quite a gracious. I mean, I just watched two things on him on uh, one of the, on Tubi, actually. And, um, you know, he was a great stage actor, and he made he got popular with Dracula on stage. I didn't realize and that. And he also, uh, because Lon Chaney died. They yeah, And right. now Todd Browning didn't want him originally. He wanted somebody else. Right. But did you know that he came up with the story for The Wolfman, and he wanted to star in it? Really? I didn't And he played Baylor the Gypsy. Right. And But they screwed him out of it. And also in that one uh, House of Dracula, the one with Carradine plays yeah. Dracula, they didn't. He could have played him. He was available, and they didn't have him play him. Right. Well, he's a good example of what happened with the poverty row, he, because his career started tanking. That's all the that. stuff Mine's he did like get. A like mess. My phone. Like, huh? <laughs> My phone's like slop uh, all over. Like right now. like <laughs> that movie, The Ape, and uh, the Bat. The Born, the, the, what, the, the, the one with the Ritz Brothers. Or, is he in the, the Devil one with Bat? The, yeah, Devil Bat. Is he one the one with the what? A Bell of the Ghost. He meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm going to watch it just because of the title. Yeah. Our old mother Riley and the vampire. I mean, you know, that poor guy, he was just acting. He kept on going, but... And then the guy was married like four or five times. It's like, no wonder he freaking died early. I mean... I, well, how, some how he got like he got into fights with uh, stress in your life, and, and he had the one because you know, unfortunately, he was a he was a drug addict right. for decades. But he had like fans who they wrote to him, and he like had his sister would sign autographs uh-huh. because he was such a, in bad shape. He would apologize to them and wow. say and say you know give him an autograph and say I'm really sorry. Huh? I didn't now, how many that. people would do that? How many people right. would, like get away from me, kid? Well, it's it's sad, and I think. I also watched um, a couple of these documentaries on Hollywood murders. And, you know, of course, George Reeves was in there and the Black Dahlia and all these weird things, Fatty Arbuckle, that whole thing. See, the Fatty Arbuckle is the one I wonder about. I really yeah, do. But, I mean, you just got to wonder how seedy was this place back in the You know, I always say, like, over, <laughs> like, years, truth, but, like, the George Reeves thing is strange because everybody who knew him... He had a huge booze problem. We know that. Right. And you could tell on some of those Supermans, he went out to lunch, and yeah. when he came back... The color ones, for sure. The, the last... You could tell, like, some of those latter-day ones. Yeah, he's, like, real mellow. And, but everybody um... loved him. Yeah. And the thing was, like, you don't know, like, okay, the night of that, if what the heck really happened. It's just, uh... Well, you, apparently you he can went watch back that movie Hollywoodland, yeah. but they try to give, like, the Rashomon thing, where there's, like, the four different... Right. Uh, but, in, you know, and you wonder, unfortunately, and I always say, you know, it's never the answer. Did he just have, like, one moment? Because he came downstairs, told him, please be quiet, he had a headache. But then he apologized. Then he went, you know, and 
I can understand why they waited to report it because, you know, something like that happens, obviously. You're sort of shocked. Right. Sort of. You sort know. of shocked. <laughs> Not really too much. But, shock. you know, in the <laughs> irony of people go, well, Superman killed himself, I know. too. I know. And I don't know, but that's the thing. It's too bad. Like, if, that's, if we have a time machine, you could go back and see. I think there was a lot of... Uh... It was a lot more callous back then, for sure. I think I think the studio groomed these people, and they put these images out, and then eventually, you know, whether the stars believe their importance or not, the people were fed this image stuff, and I think that's why there was all this allure, because you just thought, oh, if I go there, man, it's going to be like this, and well, I'm going to have a did. swimming pool. They I'll... snorted their cocaine, they yeah. partied, they did all the stuff people do now, but they covered it up. Right. They did, like, you know, they had, like, orgies, they did lots of oh, bad... Yeah. Did you ever see a movie with Jack Palance called The Big Knife? Yeah. That's a great movie. And there's that's that whole thing. Rod Steiger is a complete dick as an agent, or whatever he is in that movie. He's just like... If you don't, you're not going to work in this town, and if you don't do this, blah, 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 blah. you know, he's just like, you know, just treating people like yeah. dirt. But there's the fame story, too, when they show it in Hollywoodland, which is true. You know, George Reeves isn't gone with the wind. Right. But he had a part in From Here to Eternity. Right. And he was really happy about it, but they did a test of it. Everybody was just oh, laughing. Superman. Go fly yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> so they cut it. Yeah. But you wonder, like, okay, if somebody gave you an offer and said, okay, you're going to play, like, a classic character, we'll give you, like, maybe, like, five years on a TV show, you might do movies afterwards, you could do that, but you're probably going to get typecast, or you could. it's up to you, which would you pick? Yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, you probably go, depending on how, I don't want to say desperate, but depending on your work situation, you'd probably take the sure thing. Well, like, I know William Shatner, I read his books, and, like, for a while in his... In the 1970s, he was living in a van with his Doberman. He, like, lived in a wow. van for a while. Wow. Maybe that's why he's still doing work now, because when you're poor. Oh, sure. Sure. You know, and remember, like, for I... Star Trek, everybody seemed like, most of them seemed like they loved the show. But what was it if you were an actor? Spock went off to start Mission Impossible. Right. right. After. It was a job. They had three years of employment. Then it was gone. Nobody knew it was going to be this phenomenon right i mean shows that run a long time i mean you've got a crew you got family it's like like big bang and all those shows i mean you're working with the same bunch of people for years yeah and i know like Chuck norris and i've never really watched rock or texas ranger that was a good show i watched like one or two yeah i just the ones i saw were a little like when he was like too like he would have to have the message right you know it's like if you just believe in yourself or, stuff. or like he brought in Dennis Rodman to fight drugs in high school or something. But what he said is like he was he wanted to stop, but he did it an extra year because he said, I know what it means to the crew. Right. Steady oh, employment cool. stuff. Yeah. I ran across that Shazam show from the 70s on one of the streaming channels. <laughs> I got the book. I finally ordered the, the book for it. Yeah. Whoops. That was, um, I think that was our maestro. <laughs> I did want to mention something uh, before it goes away. Ah, keep talking. Shazam. I lost what about it. The no, Shazam? it wasn't Shazam. It was back to the George Reeves. And okay, the, what about it? Uh, the, the story, the show, the murder, the whatever it was. Nope, it's gone. If it pops up later, <laughs> that's how this show works. We yeah. remember the stuff afterwards. You'll Sorry, be doing folks. it. We're gonna have we have a lot of guests coming up. He's gonna pop up and say it if he never. I, I left for a minute, but we I'm have, back. We <laughs> have till the show ends. Until, but what do you want to say about Shazam? 
Well, I, I just ran across it and I watched a little of it and it was interesting. You I know mean, what they do? They, I like you know, those 70s, like that oh, Spider-Man 70s. Those let's were pretty be good cynical shows. for a second. Like, imagine now, okay, I give you the show plot. There's this young boy riding around with this guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. Could you I, have that out now? I know, I so, know. Oh, he's my mentor. Oh. Well, look at that whole seduction Less of the Tremaine, Less yeah. Tremaine. But, you know, they had that, and I'm sure because it was for the kids, you know, when when every case they had, you know, and you can make the argument, well, they didn't have supervillains, but they didn't have a budget. But right. every case they had, the idea was to teach a moral. Right. Yeah, morality plays. And they would say, like, most the gods TV would say, was. okay, this is how we're going to solve this. Yeah, most TV was morality plays, and they wrapped it all up quick. But, you know, and, and that was another thing I was going to mention is, like, like the, the Superman show is a good example. Go back, watch comparable shows from that time period. Rocky Jones or any of that stuff that's out there. You know Rocky Jones? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, the sets are a little cheesy and this and that. You look at Superman, the production value was very, very high on that show. You know, and it looked more filmy. And well, it was done on film. But well, I the mean, Mole Men, watch the Mole Men. I did, I just yeah. got that. I just watched it. It's on my set. I got the complete series for like 1999. Wow. Last, it was at Target. I remember they were out and I asked somebody and they went in the back room and they had one nice. more. I bought a sci-fi one, a universal one with monolith monsters. That uh, movie's horrible. The tarantula. That one's great. Yeah. Um, Monster on the Campus. Yeah. It was and, uh, and there was one more. Monolith Monsters is oh horrible. Shrinking Man yeah that's a great, great one that's a great you know, that's a great movie yeah Monolith Monsters is horrible yeah that's it's a pretty bad, bad. One. you know but that's a horrible one the thing about Superman too and you know my bias I still you know bless Noel Neal but Phyllis Coase is just better yeah, she, she was, was the best incredible but that first year especially as Superman was like hardcore crime well you got to go back it's the same thing I say about the Adam West show if you go back to the Batman comics of that period. They were camp. That's what was going on, so that's what they copied. You go back to the Superman thing, Robert Maxwell Case did the radio show. So he's the guy that did the first season, and that's why it's much more gritty. In fact, they lifted a couple of the stories, the stolen costume and... There's one or two more that they directly lifted. That was know. nasty too, because yeah. remember, where would you see Superman? Well, I'm gonna strand you here. I know. Then the guy great. falls off a cliff. I know. It's great. Hey, I'm not gonna catch him. I'm not gonna yeah. catch him. He just takes off. And well, don't had, try to leave. They had a thing about Batman in the comics, where like if somebody found out the Bruce Wayne identity, he had six more identities to slip in. What Superman do? He flies you out into isolation, then you fall off right. the cliff. Yeah, it's a strange story. But you know, one of the one of the writers from that show that did a lot during the first second season and a little bit during the color ones was this guy Jackson Gillis. He wrote a ton of radio mysteries, and he was actually a writer on Perry Mason with oh. Raymond Burr, and and I think he was a producer on that one too. Anyway, he was a great writer. All his stories are top notch. Any of those Jackson Gillis ones, I think the the one where he gets radiated is is one of his. And um, some of those. Yeah. The only other thing too was the one guy who always plays a thug is like in fifty of yeah, them. Yeah, Ben Weldon. <laughs> He's always. But the one that got me too was so hardcore. Remember, it was like that town Lois goes to. There's like yeah. a mad psycho killer in a gas mask. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, the deserted village. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a cool one. Or, like, the way they did a werewolf one, it was just a wolf, though. Yeah. And, and you know, the whole thing with that show, the way they did it, they made it, they kept within the boundaries of what they could do realistically. They didn't try to do anything that they couldn't do. And the stories were important. And, like, it's mainly about Clark Kent and his bunch. And then Superman just kind of comes in at the end or, or in between. But that's why the show was good, because there was a damn story. You know, and that's the thing you know. people forget. And also people, like you know this, but where did Kryptonite come from? It's not the from comic. The radio, the radio show. show. And Jimmy Olsen, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I still think Jack Larson, he is like, golly gee, that's the perfect... Yeah. Yeah, did you ever see the Kellogg's commercials? Yeah, oh, I've, I've actually posted them online. I've been watching a lot of those from different... There's a Lone Ranger one where he's got a, a pistol that shoots darts. And he goes, I remember kids, never aim at, always aim at the target, never aim at anyone. I mean, even that had a moral. Well, that was yeah. a true story. It's in the Hollywoodland movie, but it's in every book I've read. Oh, with the kid with the gun. Where, you know, he's George Reeves making an appearance. Yeah. The kid comes up with his dad's gun. Yeah. And he... He, the way he got out of it, still imagine like you know I would break character really quick. Yeah. But he just said no because it might bounce off. It'll bounce off me and hurt someone. Right. Well, that's using his head. I mean, he he kept the. He well, kept, I would just run away. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Don't put the gun down, son. I mean, nobody. But you know, nobody ever did anything about where the kid got the gun or how he got the gun. Or... No, like they they always said this. They said the difference in comic books was okay. Read a Superman book, say nineteen forties, nineteen fifty. He's flying over an ocean. A dragon pops up, breathes fire at him, then goes back in the water. Right. That's it. <laughs> Same story. Now they extrapolate on the dragon for five issues. Right. Right. Yeah, they they started throwing in so many characters here and there, and you know I don't even know what's going on with Superman at this point. I I, I buy a couple issues here and there. You know, I'm more All Star Superman. There's Red Sun. He was like oh. one. He was like a young kid again, and then like he was like young. Batman was old. Wow. And then it's like they had a new. And why are they keeping redoing these things? I don't too? know. They keep trying to reimagine, which I'm starting to hate that term. But I hate it, too. They, they reimagine all these things, and what if, what if, what if? I just you know? hate, I mean, I actually got to the point where I can't, I'm so sick of remakes and stuff. It's like, okay, it might be great. I saw they're going to have Quantum Leap. It's like, doesn't anybody have any They're doing a show for anymore? Let Me In. What's that? That's the, it's, about, it's a, I'm going to get it wrong, it's a Scandinavian movie about a 12-year-old vampire Oh, and actually, the, the I heard it, that was really it good. It was great, and then actually the remake. I have to say, the remake with Chloe Grace Moretz here. It's actually it's one of those remakes where you can watch both because they follow it. Yeah, but I, I mean, come on. That reminds like, me. You mentioned her name. I love those two kick-ass movies. I have those. Those are the freaking best. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she in that? Right? Yeah, and I yeah. read the comic. Yeah, she's—I forget. She's whatever girl. Yeah, that those movies are cool as hell. But isn't it like perfect though for a superhero in real life? He goes and he gets the shit beat out of right. him the first time and everything else. But you know that's the thing though. They do now. It's like it's just like the monsters. We've been hearing all these complaints about that now. I didn't watch it. Yet. I haven't watched it. I am gonna watch it. You know what somebody said? The one comment got me really interested. Said his mom watched it. It said that reminded him of a Batman from the 60s because of the color. Oh, wow. But I guess that guy, Daniel Robach, and they just call him the Count in this movie. It's Grandpa Monster, obviously. 
Uh, he's like, like got tons of memorabilia. He just loves the show. So he's like, they say he really, you could tell he knows the character. Right. But I want to, I always try to, you know, I'm going to watch it and just see for myself. I think they're trying to tap into the, our age group and the baby boomers and, you know, oh, this is, they like this, so they'll go see it. And this was a great show. And even probably the people that make shows, they're probably going, man, wouldn't it be great if this was around again? And, you know, so they start pitching these ideas. Then you and, wonder if some people just don't have the talent to make their own property. I know. Too. I mean, where's the original ideas? I mean, don't you do cover really songs. You do original songs. There's right. a difference. You know, like that. But like the Monsters, people don't even know. They didn't even explain things in the day because there was somebody else who played Lily in the pilot. They used to oh, say yeah? she wasn't good. That's all. They right. Yvonne really, DiCarlo and was then a great actress. The person who played Marilyn before Pat Priest, she left because she... Got married or something. Baby, she got pregnant. Yeah. So they don't even explain it. They just, you know, these days, like, of course, like uh, Dick York and Dick Sargent, they just pluck somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, well, I suppose you got to have that suspension of disbelief and just let it go. But my own, like, humble brag, I actually met Denise Crosby once, and I got to tell her that story about Jonathan Frakes. So we'll see if it was, because she said she was going to tell Jonathan. Ah. That old Spider-Man story I told many times. Okay. That's the one, yeah, that's the one I said, my dad took me to meet Spider-Man. Remember those comic book albums? Yeah. It was like at Sears or Woolworth, and Spider-Man signed it. Right. You know, it's got, that was an early gig. For, I found out that was Jonathan Frakes, an early good. He played Spider-Man wow. did signings. How cool so that's the Jonathan Frakes. She said, she said that I see him all the time. I'm going to make fun of him. Yeah. But I asked her how, my question to her was, we worked on Pet Cemetery with Fred Gwynn. How was he? And she's like, the sweetest guy. Right. And we were talking about his children's books. He used to do these books with puns. Oh, wow. But he's, you know, he went to Harvard or something. He's Holy like, like this really, uh, but I still love Car 54. That's a great show. I watched that. I have that Roku channel that show that. <clears throat> that is funny, man. That that show is really, really funny. It's, I just, there's a couple of them. And the thing is about the show, too, it's really not about, like, crime work, obviously. Right, it's about these two, the cops and their families. And, and I love the one where, like, their priests think all the crime's been cleared up. Why? Because they're idiots, but the people love yeah. them so much they yeah. police the neighborhood. It's like they had this one about a lady that wouldn't move out of the this building because they were going to tear it down and all this stuff and you know all the stuff they tried to do to oh come on in have some cake you know there's <laughs> nipsey russell he's in it he's got yeah. a small part but then there's uh al lewis's pride with sergeant schnauzer yeah i know <laughs> he's got like always like his wife he's always complaining yeah. about his wife and everything oh yeah that show was great man and then you know that fred or uh the other guy joey ross i mean I never saw him do anything else. Ooh, boy, ooh, he's always... He was funny. I mean, that show I think he is was in, clever. I, I'm conflicted about this one because I thought he played somebody in Sergeant Bilko, but I haven't seen it in a long time. There was a guy uh-huh. like him. The guy who played... That was like, a good show, too. That was a great show. That was like... That was like a hilarious show. I mean, they remade that, too, and I never saw that one. No, I, was, I wasn't going to watch that one. You know, and I always wondered if the term Bilk came from there or they just named him. Maybe. Because they called it You'll Never Be Rich in the Phil Silvers show, too. Well, there was Bunko, which was the... The, the Bunko squad. Yeah. Maybe it was a pun on that. But there was, like, all those things. And you think, like, now if you were writing a serial, like, for radio, also think you had to entertain the audience. People had to be on. And I love how the actors would just do the answer. Oh, by the way, this is for Glee. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Well, it's funny because you watch a lot of these shows on the streaming things, and they still have the little, on the credits, yeah, at the, the end, they'll have the little product thing in the corner. And 
pretty funny. It's beautiful, like what you can find now. Like you can find the old radio shows, yeah, and everything online. And they're just and I just like the way because you know you have to you know one of some of my friends you know ones will be on again from BBC. They did an old radio broadcast from the Lyric Theater one time. Just like they all stood there, they all dressed like in period piece. That's cool. And it was awesome. I would like to do go on one of those cruises. To, uh, radio Classics does that from Sirius XM. They have these cruises where you can you can take part in a play and, and do all that. And you know what's interesting? I was reading something or somebody said, well, I when keep they... looking at this thing up here. When they... Ooh, wow. Hang on, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so when they people would go watch these radio shows and being done and people would say well why would you go to a studio watch a bunch of people stand around a microphone with a piece of paper and because it was cool and and i think if you just listened and got the jokes and or with or the drama you know it's entertaining and they like people like seeing that stuff and I'm going to give my opinion here. People can argue or not. We'll go back to classic horror for a minute. Okay. Dracula, 1931. I will. I like I, it. I think no. I think these. You can find it now on a lot of the discs. Yeah. These Spanish versions better. I heard. That's what I've it's heard. It's incredible. I have it on one of the box sets. I have to watch it. And I think they filmed it simultaneously. Yeah. They use a lot of. The, they did it at night. Isn't it? Can you imagine like you're shooting the film and we're going to shoot the same film again. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of like what, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donner tried to do with the Superman, the first two. And there's an interesting thing. I I saw it on Amazon or somewhere, and I thought, I'm going to get this just for the hell of it. It's the first Superman movie, but it's like three hours long. And what they did, it's pretty funny. (laughs) Because it's an interesting example of... Well, why do they have to cut things? And why do they have to do pacing and whatnot? You watch this thing. All they really did was whatever they took out was back in. Like, there's this whole scene. Like, remember the part where they hijacked the missile? Yeah. And she pretends to be... Okay. Well, before they do that, they're in the van discussing something. And all of a sudden... There's like this overdub thing. They show the van, and then you hear the voices, and it's it's um, like um, Otis and Luther arguing like a father and son. Like, why do you have to, don't 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 yell at me like that? And it's like it's like really was that necessary? But I saw Otis. It what was it Otisburg or whatever yeah. in his own country? Yeah. Otisburg. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I mean, not, but like I finally saw. It took me like. Decade to see the Donner cut of Superman too. Oh, that's great! It's so much better. It's very good. But you know what he pulled on his actors too? Like, okay, I love this Three Musketeers. You know what he did? He shot no. shot the first. He shot the two films at the same time, so he paid them for one film and reduced with two films. <laughs> I didn't know he did Three Musketeers. Yeah, he I did. Thought, this thought... is the one in the seventies with Oliver Reed. Oh. Uh, Michael York, oh, uh, right, Frank Friendly, right. that one. You know, a lot of people have done three months. Yeah. Charlton Heston is Cardinal Richelieu. <laughs> There's a good kid. So, I know you saw it. Would you compare, like, what would you say also, since you mentioned Superman, the Justice League cuts? You've seen the whole thing. Oh, uh, the one. Snyder cut yeah. beats them all. See, I agree. I think, you know, if a movie could, like, I always said the Big Red one, the director's cut, it's like almost three hours long. It takes a good movie, makes it a great movie. 
If you have the time, watch it. big red one. It's a Lee Marvin movie about being in World War II. Oh. But it's a good movie. It's got Mark Hamill in it. I'll have to see that. And what he does is he plays against type, because this was made between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Oh. He plays a coward. Oh, wow. But it's like a guy, you know... Lee Marvin's obviously the grizzled World War One vet. He's in. He's leading this troop, but the movie's good. But the cut, what they add to it, it's one of those movies that's not filler. It actually makes it great. Right. Well, it's just like that. Um, that ultimate edition of Superman versus Batman. There's all this extra stuff that they put in, like about Clark investigating that lady that the the lady that was complaining about, you know. The Superman coming into her Afri- the African village and all that, and you know she got paid by Luther. You find out. Well, that was all missing from the. And it's like you don't really understand how they jump from one thing to the other because they cut stuff out. And then when they put the stuff back in, it's mostly connecting things. Like I remember, I bought a director's cut of Daredevil with Affleck. I've heard this. And I've heard it's good. Yeah. But there's courtroom scenes. There's all this stuff. Well, it's I like, still yeah. think my, one of my. Views on that movie is I think Colin Farrell was great as Bullseye too. Oh, he was great. It was a great. I thought it was a good it movie. Was a good, it wasn't horrible, but you know, one of the cuts you wonder why they made it Alien. Right. You wondered where did the people go? There was no blood. Now, if you watch like the cut, you can get the extended cut. She, obviously, it has them prisoner for the you know the, right. the things they find him at the end. Right. So that's the and thing, the like cocoons or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they got them all like in the wall right. and stuff. Right, yeah, I have that. But you wonder where they went because there's no blood or right. anything else or anything. Well, you know, and then they make the excuse, and I've watched this explained or heard it explained on some of the special features or commentaries. Well, I didn't want to take it out, but it wasn't essential, and it slowed the film down. And you're assuming an awful lot of your audience that they can't take. Three or four minutes to just slow the down. The one I have to and, and see, and I've never seen, is okay. The Avengers. This is the one with Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. It's uh, terrible. It's terrible. No, what they said. There's a lot longer version. It's much better. But what they did was they cut it for the summer movie audience. Right. I'd have to watch that again because it's been so long. I've... It wasn't great. Sean Connery is a villain, and the it wasn't great. But I guess they said it. It really was a lot better. Yeah, a lot of movies are a lot better because, but they truncate them and they they screw them up. But like Apocalypse Now, like a lot of people, it's long enough as it is, but a lot of people like the, the longer version. Yeah, check out that three and a half hour Superman the movie though. It's a very interesting because there's just like a lot of scenes are just longer and and you know there's some un- unnecessary stuff in there for sure, but but it's kind of neat to see what they filmed and what they wanted it to be, you know. It's just like too bad there was that Superman 4. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll, that's so That one's like one. an hour 20, and it feels like four hours. Well, that was supposed to be a half hour longer. That was, I read a thing. Oh, that one. That the, one the, guy said, the guy said the studio was pressuring him. Yeah. But that one was just, that one was not good. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Well, did you ever see the outtakes with the with the bizarro type creature? Yeah. That, that would have been a cool storyline. But I, they've always heard, too, like, there's always going to be the movie with Brainiac and that show Krypton. Brainiac yeah. was the main villain. That's a great show. You know what? They did Brainiac right. Yeah. That was a good show. But I, supposedly I first... in that Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, Superman Lives, uh, it was going to uh, be, uh, you could find the script, I guess. Now, they have the script for it. I guess John Peters said, I want a giant spider. Spider, and right. I guess, wasn't Brainiac going to be the main villain, though? I think so. Because who would you want to see now as a Superman villain? 
You know, they want to, we're going to say big screen, obviously. Because well, Dark Side's been done, so you probably shouldn't bring them back. Mongol? Yeah, Mongol would be Or good. what about, what's the cyborg, as they call him, this composite Superman or Parasite. Guy? Parasite's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty Could he carry a film, though? But wouldn't he be like a stooge for Luther or something, you think? Yeah. Or have the Toy Man? Toy Man would be good if they didn't make it stupid. Well, they covered that in a lot of those shows, like Smallville and... <clears throat> And what was the one? Supergirl. They had a toy man. Yeah, they had a toy man. Actually, subplot. for Super, they also had uh, Nixie on the last season of Supergirl. It was another evil imp. Yeah. yeah she, the, was, she was pretty good. They really dug into the canon on that show. And that's I appreciate that, that they try to, like, mix this Pitlick and all that wasn't kind of that, stuff. Wasn't Howie Mandel mixes Pitlick on I, Lois and Clark? I think so. No, I think it was... Oh wait, I'm thinking the no. They had Super wasn't Boy Mark one. Hamill the prankster? Yeah, it's trickster. Trickster. Oh yeah, because the prankster was on the Flash. Yeah, I finally watched that no, series. Trickster was too. the Flash. Oh, trickster. Yeah. yeah, I finally watched that series. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, they had that guy who was Michael Champion, who was like this guy you see like in Zima ads and stuff. Yeah, who was Captain Cold. Yeah. Or whatever. that was a good show. Periodic. I mean, good it job. was. I think it shifted mood in, in some spots, like. You know, is he going out with this Tina or isn't he and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it, it seemed like an odd. I never liked that detective chick that they threw in there. That always bothered me. No, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, but it was written by, I think, Carrie Bates and Howard Chaykin. Yeah, the writers. Carrie Bates was like, what, 16 when he started writing Yeah, like <laughs> supposedly Jim Shooter supposedly was 13, but you never know what, yeah. what's true or not. It's crazy. Because I know he wrote Legion. Like I like Legion to superheroes, which I thought, I would love to see them do a real, I know they popped up on a couple things, but I would love to see that done right. Yeah. Because that's like one of my favorite series. Well, they, they cover that and... Um... In one of those shows, the Legion of Superheroes, I forget which one. Smallville. And I don't care. I'm biased. I'm biased, but you can send me all the hate mail you want. I like that freaking meeting of the Super Friends from the 1970s. Oh, yeah. I love I own it. I got both of them. You mean that? The roast, the live action. I I started watching that. It's pretty good. They got like, I was thinking of because they got Mordu in it. They got like, he's he's water skiing. I know. I they went on a limb and had, had they branched out with a lot of the characters. They like have like that. a roast and they have Batman and Robin. Yep. I saw part of that. That was on Tubi. Um, there was another one I was going to say that the Superboy show is yeah. out on that now. And did they replace that him was after a the good first, movie? Did they or a good show? Did they replace him after like a year though with a different kid? Yeah, yeah. They got that Gerard Christopher who was way better. It was like they got rid of Jimmy Olsen. If they're like the free Lois and Clark to get a different one, yeah, yeah, but but the like Superboy show, Clark. the effects were good. I remember, you know what I remember the most from Superboy is Metallo. Yeah, that was they're good. the one with Metallo because they Metallo and Lois and Clark too, right? And that was done by the Saul Kinds, and now you know that was much better than the only thing I found about Lois and Clark was I didn't realize this, but you know why he I found out why he died against Doomsday. You know why he died against Doomsday. They wanted to follow the show to follow the comic when they got married. So they had to go through the stuff. So that when he died, that was the show catching up. It was all tied together. Wait a minute. Say that again. Okay. When know. Remember, Superman fought Doomsday and he died the death of Superman. Right. That whole story was giving the TV show time to put it so they could finally get married. Oh. So they could tie it into the comic book. Oh, I see. Oh. But you 
you should just take over. You just blew through this. <laughs> well, Phyllis Coates was the, in was in Lois and Clark. Yeah. As, was she in one of the Noel Neal was in like Superman Returns? I yeah. Think. She was in the bed. Yeah, she was the old lady that was. And Jack dying. Larson was in there. Yeah. But you should do this. You, just send me through the trap door now. Uh, well, are we? Why are we good? Are we wrapping up? I think. We, well, it's like uh, what's going on now. Oh, you want to wrap up? Yeah, sure. Wanna, hey. So what's going on for you now? So like, what have we learned today? Let's yeah, recap. Let's recap. A lot of old stuff that we don't get. Poverty Row. We're actually, we know we're actually Carnival of Randomness because we're going to have a lot of musicians on. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we are the Carnival of Randomness. I did forget a few things at the beginning, but. Forgive me, folks. Random I'm musicians, more <laughs> I know. I know, you know, but that's who we know, and I think the shows are entertaining, and, you know, we, we have our bull sessions. Yeah. Send your pennies and dimes to 141. But no. what do you, <laughs> been? you got anything coming up on the pipeline? Because this will be out tomorrow. Uh, I played last night, so that's gone. That's in the past year. Uh, let's see, in the future. I have that show at Lux with Anonymous Willpower, which will be our final that's show. That's November. November. I actually forgot the day Susie November's told me. Second, I want to say, I think. Don't you don't bother? We'll post. We we'll, have plenty. We'll of time find it. it. And then um, I have a gig with the, at the B side with Brian Lindsay coming up, and also we're gonna play. Side, I always get takeout there. I wanna, I wanna mention something. November twelfth, there's gonna be a thing that I'm doing with Brian, guitars and heroes or something. It's the third one. It's a veterans thing, and it's gonna be at Johnny's. And it's an all-day thing. So there's now, Johnny's, like, you mean Culver Road? Culver Road, yeah. I always, you know why I get it goofed up with Smoke and Joe's sometimes. Yeah, so Johnny's. Sure. So that's going to be November 12th, and that'll be like all day. They're going to have uh, T-shirts, and there's stuff to buy, and you can. Have, I think you can donate. And I think it's part of the Veterans Outreach Center and it's things like that. always good to do stuff So there's like going to be a bunch of bands. So we're playing a set, and there's going to be a bunch of bands. And he's got that single, too. Yeah. It's sort of about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Always fun stuff to hear that. I mean, it's been like this fall now, like October. Darn my friends, because now it's getting to the point. Well, I'm going to go see this. Oh, come on. There's like four different bands I know playing yeah. that day. Leave me alone. And December 6th, the re- the much-heralded return of the Tom Waits birthday show. at Iron And we Smith. will have Tommy Brunette on before. He's Greg That's gonna, right. He said it would be now. I'm quoting him. He said this to me. It will be an honor to be on. Greg will talk to him. We just have to find a day. Yeah. We're also going to have our friends back from DVC to promote House of Hands. We might have cool. some XXI people. We might have some good musicians. But I have a really good thing to play at the end here. Okay. You can play. You have anything to play, too? We can I don't, know. Which is... Actually, this band, my friend Anna Liable, she's in Monica Lewinsky. She was in the surfer just before. Her sister was in the... <laughs> they're coming to Bug Jar. Yeah? But uh, the Minx. Now, this is a band out of Memphis. So what do I do when they play? I went up. I had a big talk with the drummer. He's, I was like, you know, we do a podcast. Can you? He's like, oh, play it. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. he, I said, well, what if you guys try to sue us? Like, We're not going to sue you. So I think, I mean, you could take a pick, but I like the, just the name of the song, Johnny Walker Blues. You have any choice? You could pick a different one if you like. You're just like me. You can't see your sunglasses. Nothing no more. Okay, we're going to play Nothing No More. Nothing. You know what? There's no rule. We because can't. I love double negatives. And we're also <laughs> going to have our good friends uh, Nightfall. They did a theme album on Dark Shadows. We're going to do some of that. Oh, yeah? But also, Not there's cool. no rule. We can't do the same band again twice. We'll play that as well. Actually, Nothing No More might be the best song on this. They played live. Oh, yeah? But cool. But say goodnight. Okay. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Thank you.